Luke Skywalker is really special. I know you know that already. But I'm not talking about Mark Hamill standing with his leg perched on a rock, staring out at the twin suns and pondering his future. I don't mean the hero who eventually became a Jedi Knight, crafted his own lightsaber, battled Darth Vader twice, and helped the Rebellion finally defeat the Emperor. Luke Skywalker, the action figure, is special. I'm not referring to the tremendous sales that it brought in for Kenner in the 1970s and 1980s during the toy craze. And I'm certainly not thinking of the high-graded carded examples splashed across catalogs that sold at larger auctions for tens of thousands of dollars in recent years. I'm talking about a very specific Luke Skywalker figure. One that was placed on a desk in a bank in upstate New York. One whose purpose went beyond being a mere symbol of Star Wars fandom in a collector's workspace. It's that particular Luke Skywalker that ignited a conversation between two Star Wars fans, which led to a friendship. That friendship blossomed into a shared idea, an opportunity to see if others wanted to be part of something. That idea turned into the Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club. And this year, that club celebrates its 10th anniversary, with hundreds of members who have found a meaningful place in the galaxy to connect with their fellow collectors, for adventures and for unforgettable moments. That Luke Skywalker figure belongs to our friend, Tom. This is a conversation with Tom Quinn, co-founder of the Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club. This is a look at what Star Wars means to him, and how the films and collectibles charted a course he never imagined. This is a look back at the past ten years, at the stories and blessings of being part of something special. This is a testament to the power of friendship. And this is Star Wars Prototypes and Production. Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club is officially 10 years old. It has been around for a decade and is responsible for some of the most exciting and fun moments for many Star Wars collectors. The meetups are always memorable. Events like Star Wars Celebration are made even more special by the club's presence. The club's table acts as a home base for members during the weekend and as a beacon for future members. 
Empire State hosted weekends like the 2018 International Collectors Event and 2019's The Annual were nothing short of incredible. And along the way, lasting friendships have been forged through a combination of an interest in collecting, a sense of adventure, and the gift of fellowship. Do you know Tom? It's easy to start up a conversation with him. He appreciates the little details in life, as well as the bigger picture. He loves baseball and still scores games by hand as he sits in the stands. Years ago, his wife Corey introduced him to the Disney Parks, a place where Star Wars and creativity collide to create something magical on a daily basis. And horse racing stirs something in his soul. The world of Star Wars resonated with him as a child, and still resonates to this day, propelling him to not only collect, but to pursue friendships with those who share that same passion. The best part about our friend Tom is not what he likes or what he collects. It's who he is. Tom cares deeply about his friends. He wants you to genuinely be happy and to know that you mean something. He has a great laugh, and it comes from an inner joy that is hyper-contagious. I want you to get to know Tom. Or if you already know him, I want you to get to know him a little better. And I thought the best way to do that would be to join us for a conversation about his life and the last decade spent as a member of the Empire State Club. I wanted to celebrate the club and highlight how truly special it's been for those living in the Northeast and beyond. And what better person to guide us through the history of the club than someone who was there from day one? Also, if you'd like to learn more about the Empire State Club and to hear from many more of its founders and members, please check out episode 13, titled Live from the Annual Event, the story of the Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club. The club hosted a weekend-long event in the summer of 2019 in Fishkill, New York. I had the honor of doing a panel about the history of the club during the event, and I think you'd really enjoy the panel, which was recorded live for that episode. Okay, I'm going to go get Tom. Just make yourself comfortable, grab your favorite drink, and let's spend some time together as collectors and friends. Tom Quinn, I absolutely love you, and I'm so excited that you are a part of this and that you and I are having this conversation. How are you doing today? David, I am great. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I just, you know, I've wanted to have you on for a while now, and I just, um, you know, to me, you've just been a, a bright spot and a light and a, and a, a true friend in this hobby, and um, I think that's an amazing thing, you know, and when we we start collecting and a lot of times we start collecting by ourselves and then we meet just wonderful people that can really, you know, just change our lives and, and, and make life just better. And you're one of those people to me. So, uh, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this. Well, thank you, David. I feel very much the same about you. I was just thinking the other day about my collection and how I 
infrequently add things in now that are actual pieces to be added to my collection. Sure. My, uh, my thing now is hanging out with great friends like you. So that's, this is, uh, the pleasure that I get out of the hobby is doing things like this and getting to talk to you is icing on the cake. That's one. Well, you know, it's, it's funny too. Somebody in our club once said, you start out collecting things and then you start collecting friendships. Yeah, it's very, very true. <laughs> the things that that we collect, I, I, I have talked to you before about the fact that I started collecting for nostalgia reasons. That I have a very fond memory of my childhood and the toys that I played with, and how Star Wars was its own uh, universe for me that I wanted to to plunge headlong into. And through the years, I've accumulated all the toys that either I had as a kid or I wanted, or if I knew they existed as a kid, I would have wanted. But uh, through the years, it's transitioned into all the friendships that I've gotten along the way that now are more important to me and more cherished uh, than the actual toys. Um, looking at the toys, it still connects me with my childhood and my friends, but, uh, it really, it really is about the friendships that, uh, that I, I get. So things like celebration or our club meetups are really about, uh, time that I get to spend with people, you know, um, people I don't get to spend as much time as I would like to. Our lives tend to be very busy. Um, we start out this hobby very much by, you know, it's a very solitary, uh, thing. At least it was for me, you know, going on to eBay or going to, uh, conventions and not knowing anyone. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, through the years, it's like, Oh, I get to spend time with David. And that, that becomes the most important thing. And it's wild too, because the, the times that we have, I, I think if you were to ask someone who doesn't collect, what our hobby would look like or, or what our meetups would look like. I, I th- there's, there's sort of this kind of, at times there's this wild excitement and these adventures that we actually go on. You had mentioned uh, celebration, you know, and we've had some just amazing times going to different States, different regions of the country, sometimes different regions of the world and all hanging out together and having these wonderful moments that we come back with that truly mean 10 times more than any toy prototype poster and anything, any memorabilia that we'd ever get from that. So absolutely. And, um, celebration is going to be just, uh, another opportunity to do that because, um, I'm looking forward to spending time with you at Disneyland, David. <laughs> oh, Tom, uh, I'm not going. <laughs> oh, David. Oh, you're going to let your listeners down like that. Oh, no. You tricked me. No, you tricked me. Oh, no. Oh, that's horrible. I walked right into your trap. Um, No, I I have to tell you, um, and I was going to mention this uh, at at some point in our conversation, but um, when – so I I think the the pandemic was kind of difficult for everyone at some point, you know, mentally and just, you know, whatever. And – you and I were talking about Disneyland and um, and just the excitement behind it. And especially it was at a point, I think, where everything was shut down and, you know, the, the world was just kind of weird. 
and you had sent me uh, a Disneyland pin. And one of my favorite things, one of my favorite uh, collectibles, I'll say, is um, is a note that you wrote, and you said the promise of great things to come. And I'm actually holding it right now. I keep it on my desk, and it it really helped me through a lot of the tougher times mentally. Um, and and that's that's kind of what friends do for one another. Um, and so that that's become one of my favorite pieces in my collection. Oh, that's great, David. Uh, I, I was just teasing you about uh, <laughs> celebration. Uh, um, however, you know, you and I it's are very, very lucky that we get to get to spend time together, that we don't have to travel around the world to see one another. You know, we get to yeah. we get to have the opportunity to do that. Um, you know, on a, a few different occasions throughout the year and not only us, but our friends get to join us. You know, we get to see people from, uh, from this area and, and beyond that, uh, that meet up with us. So. Yeah. And our club now is over 400 members, um, which is amazing. So that that's the empire state star Wars collectors club. And, um, I want to. I have a number of questions to ask you about the club, but before I ask you about the club, I, I want to know a little bit more about you. Um, okay. So you had mentioned that you had the toys as a child, and that that um, you had connected to Star Wars as a child. What did Star Wars mean to you, and, and where did that connection begin? How old were you? So, so David, when I was young, I I enjoyed. Um, watching lots of television. I didn't have any brothers or sisters, uh, but I enjoyed like the $6 million man, uh, the incredible Hulk. Uh, it's, it's Spider-Man, uh, anything that was like, uh, of a fantasy nature on, on TV in the seventies, I would gravitate towards. Mm -hmm. Um, and then one night, um, they had a special on CBS uh, called the story of star Wars uh, or the making of star Wars. It was on in September of 1977 and it showed uh, scenes from outside the Chinese theater and people going crazy over Darth Vader in C-3PO. And basically the show was an hour of clips from the movie and how they made the movie. And I started at that point to beg my father to take me to the movie theater to see this, because although pe people associate May 77 as the movie coming out, for most people, it didn't show up in the theaters until the summer. So it was either late June or July. I think for my area, it was July. So the oh, movie wow. was still in full effect in in our area and um when i went to school that september a lot of my friends started to talk about it so i begged my father to go my father had a saturday ritual where he would watch sports um before cable the only time that they showed sports on tv was usually saturday or sunday afternoon so baseball had a game of the week on Saturday afternoons and one Saturday it happened to rain out. So my mother turned to my dad and says, well, now you don't have an excuse of why not to take Tommy to the movies. He really wants to go see star Wars. Well, David, I, I saw star Wars with my dad probably a dozen times in the theater. Oh, wow. Um, he would take me, uh, he loved the trench run 
because he uh, was a dive bomber pilot in World War II in the Navy. So he can identify with the the fighter scenes um, in the trench run. So he would he would invariably nap through the center of the movie and then wake <laughs> up for the last exciting 10 minutes um, that he he got the most out of. But he he understood that 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 was a passion that I had. And both my parents fed into my passion. My father would take me to the movie, but my mother started by getting me my first Star Wars figures. And uh, every Easter, I'm reminded of this because it was Easter of 1978 that the Easter Bunny put uh, eight of the first nine Star Wars figures around the house next to plastic Easter eggs. Oh, my gosh. That's great. Yeah, and and also he brought the land speeder. Um, the only uh, main character that the Easter Bunny was not able to get was Luke Skywalker. So he um, he joined soon after, uh, but for the time being, he was uh, in the form of a uh, clothespin that my mother used scraps, and mm-hmm. we decorated the the face on the uh, clothespin to make a Luke. And I still have it to this day. He still is in my my display cabinet. Um, and I think I think it's safe to say that's probably one of your most treasured possessions, right? Oh, it's not one of the most; it's the most uh, oh. be- because it's it's probably the earliest connection that I I have to Star Wars collecting. Um, the fact that my my mother would go out of her way to try to make sure that I had all the ones on the back of the package. Um, was how I got my collecting bug. Um, she was an, a person that loved antiques, especially antiques in an, an old house. Um, she grew up surrounded by antiques, and uh, she would bring me to antique shops. And the first thing that I ever collected was marbles. Uh, marbles were plentiful um, both during the Depression and during the war because they were cheap and kids can play with them. So I started to collect those, but the collecting mentality went right over into Star Wars. So I immediately gravitated towards Star Wars. Like I said, I saw it with a, do- a dozen times with my father uh, in the first run of in the theater. And then I saw it in, in one or two of the re-releases that they seem to do uh, every year for the first few years. Uh, and then my parents brought me opening night to the Empire Strikes Back, which is another long story. But uh, I remember standing in the mall in line uh, with ticket in hand, uh, waiting to go in the theater. Um, so Star Wars has been part of my life for a very, very long time. Uh, collecting was something that I, I was never conscious that I was a collector uh, when I was a kid, I was always conscious of uh, I wanted them all. Uh, Kenner was very, uh, very good about telling us, you know, collect them all. You know, there's now 10 of them or and there's 12 of them and there's 20 of them. Nope, there's 21. <laughs> so uh, it just snowballed from there. Uh, but eventually I, I did uh, I did grow out of, of Star Wars. Uh, I stopped buying the figures around 1981. So those were the first figures that when I became an actual collector again in the 90s and reconnected with the, the toys. 
Um, I started with the 1981 figures, like I had never stopped collecting. Um, by this time uh, in the 90s, I was, oh gosh, I was born in 69. And I think I started to buy these again around 96, 97. Um, eBay at the time didn't have photographs, just descriptions of things. Um, so you had to hope that when it said Princess Leia in a snow outfit, that it was actually Hoth Princess Leia <laughs> you were getting. Sure. Um, you didn't know until, you know, you sent your money order away. And then a couple of weeks later, the item arrived uh, of whether you got what you wanted and it was in the condition that you wanted. But uh, everything, everything happens for a reason, David. And uh, that got me into collecting. And uh, eventually I went to my first Star Wars celebration, which was Celebration 2. And sure enough, they had these things called collector panels. And there were probably about a half dozen to a dozen people in the room at some of these panels uh, talking about uh, action figures or tops trading cards. Uh, but Little did I know that a few of the people that were doing the talks and at least one of the people in the room in the audience with me would wind up being some of my best friends that live right here in New York. Uh, Ron Salvatore was one of the ones that did the talk. And it turns out I was sitting like two rows behind Mike Ritter, not knowing who he was. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's it's really snowballed. Um, I met my first collecting friends through uh, the internet, but then that quickly became, hey, let's meet in person. Um, so I, I traveled to Erie, Pennsylvania uh, in the around 2000, uh, I think it was. Uh, after episode one, um, I went to see a fellow collector in Erie, Pennsylvania. And at the time, his wife was very cautious about the fact that her husband was meeting someone that he <laughs> only through, knew through the Internet. You know, I could be a real weirdo. Um, <laughs> so when when I got out there, she actually left the house because she was nervous about the stranger coming in wow. and seeing her husband's toys all over the wall. Um, but he also, uh, had his childhood Star Wars toys. He was about my age and he was the first collector that I ever, ever connected with. And in uh, person, in person, correct. Wow. In, in person. And, uh, we, we met through, uh, the forums, uh, on rebel scum and, uh, and the club really happened, uh, by mistake because, I w was working at the bank and uh, Jason Thomas uh, came in to rent a safe deposit box. Um, Jason is, um, along with me, he and I basically got the idea for founding a, a club here in New York. Um, he came into the bank to do a safe deposit box and saw Luke Skywalker action figure on my desk. And uh, one of the rules about safe deposit boxes is you, is you can't ask somebody what they're putting <laughs> in the box. Sure. You can, you can only ask the size of what they're putting in. 
So I said to him, I said, is it bigger than a, than a book? And I had a book on my desk and that drew his eye over to Luke Skywalker and his eyes jumped out of his head. And he goes, actually, it's those that I'm putting in there. <laughs> and, he, and he meant Star Wars figures. Yes. Um, because he had a, had a, a, a very, very nice collection. Um, he had several items that he just wanted to safe keep. Um, and from that point he would come into the bank and we would do show and tell time. And we figured out that if, if we just met through happenstance and we were both on the internet on rebel scum, we had to figure that there were other collectors out there that were just like us. But because of the anonymity of the uh, way the forums were, we just didn't know whether they were uh, local so we put it on Rebel Scum that we're going to have a meetup. And right up until the weekend uh, before meeting, uh, he and I had talked to one another and said, well, there's a very good chance that it could just be the two of us in my basement talking about Star Wars. And I'll never forget what Jason said. He goes, well, that's just fine. That's what you and I enjoy doing anyway. So, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so our first meetup, we there were there were four of us, um, and then the next meetup, there were there were eight of us all together, and it's really snowballed. Um, but you you mentioned that there's 400 people uh, in the club on the Facebook page. Really, our Facebook only serves to facilitate the face-to-face meetups, the, you know, the real life conversations and in relationships, that's really, it's just the entryway to get to meet people uh, in real life. So the, the heart and soul of what we try to do as a club is, is to um, get together, show off our collections, um, have activities that we can do together. Um, this weekend, uh, I'm I'm having a bunch of people from the club over. It's a it's an event for club members. Anybody that wants to come, you know, my doors uh, my doors are open uh, for you know people that have been in the club for many years, like me, or um, you know, or this is a new thing. We've seen a lot of uh, new faces uh, come across because of the pandemic. Um, I think this is a great way for people to connect with one another. You know, you were talking about during the pandemic, uh, how important, you know, personal connection was. Um, and we found out just how important it was when we had the ability to meet in person taken away from us. Um, we started to meet via uh, Zoom chats uh, just to see one another's faces and just to, to laugh like we were able to in our face-to-face meetings. Um, but now that, that you know, uh, things are, are getting back to uh, where we can meet in person, uh, we're all eager to do that. Um, and I look forward to being able to to host the really the first one back since the the, the pandemic had uh, we certainly have a lot of things planned in the future, but this is going to be a, a big first step on Saturday. So I'm excited to have uh, have people come over, and we're going to do what we always do. We're just gonna we're just gonna show uh, show toys and and uh, maybe in, uh, sip on an adult beverage and have some good food and 
and uh, sit and chat and talk about Star Wars like you and you and me right now. So it's I'm I'm really looking forward to it, David. I'm looking forward to it. It's just terribly. I can't even tell you. I've been so excited about it, and I've never been to your place before. And so you know to to uh, to to see you where you live, to see your collection, um, you know, to, to talk to your wife in person as well too. Um, I, I really, I, I give both of you credit because, um, I've heard from a number of collectors who, uh, I think their first, and I think it was Chris Riley who shared this story, uh, when we did the, the panel about the history of the empire state star Wars club at the annual. And he had mentioned that he was really nervous and I think he drove past your house a few times, then finally got the courage to come in. It was his first meetup, first time coming in. And I think he said that um, you and, and Corey just greeted him at the door, gave him a hug. And at that point, I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it, it just, it's easy after that. It, it's familiar. It's a family reunion. It's not, um, it's not anything, um, you know, there's no, there's no abyss or, or wide gap anymore between connecting Um and, you know, it, it starts with a hello and a hug. And then after that, it's, you know, God, I mean, think about the adventures that each of us have gone on since then. And it just takes one person to open a door and say, hey, just just come into my home. Yeah, I, I distinctly remember Chris telling me that that exact story, but he didn't tell me that until actually a couple of years after I knew him that he had <laughs> driven by. Uh but the first time that I ever met him, he did not have his wife, Stephanie, with him. And then apparently once he was done here, he got in his car and he says, oh, Stephanie, you got to come with me next time. And uh, if for anybody that knows Chris and Stephanie, they really collect as a as a pair. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a it's a great thing, you know, having them their 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 personal dynamic between them is is really great and really encouraging. And, uh, you know, the only person that hasn't had that nervousness of coming to, into somebody's house, you know, for the first time, not knowing anybody is me. I'm the only person that. <laughs> That never had to experience that. That's true so, because you hosted the first one, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's it's an interesting thing to think about. Uh, but uh, I've heard that story from a couple different people. Um, yeah. One of our members, uh, Lauren, um, Lauren was saying that her first time, she actually sat in her car for several minutes, not knowing whether she wanted to go inside or not. But. Uh, uh, it turns out that, you know, once once you get beyond that that initial feeling that, oh, this is weird. I'm going to somebody's house to talk about toys. And, um, you know, you figure out that these are really friends that that are easy to connect with. Um, I, I've made some of the best relationships that I have in, in my life through this club. So um, although I, I have a hand in starting it, I really owe the people of the, the, the club because it's them that makes it a special place as it is. It's not me. It's not Jason. It's not anything that we do as far as special events. It's actually the people themselves and their personalities that they bring um, that make it uh, an event worth, you know, traveling all the way from New Jersey up to upstate New York to, to see, you know, because you get to spend time with, with these great people. Yeah. And there really isn't a hierarchy. Like when you go into a, 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 a meetup, whether it's at somebody's house or an event, 
um, everyone is not only approachable, but very warm. And I really give our club as a whole credit because it's it can be a very intimidating thing. I've, I've spoken about it a number of times on the podcast, um, but I think that that's one of the things that holds us back a lot of times is we question ourselves. Is somebody going to talk to me? Um, will I connect with people? Um, what will this be like? And when you start to actually meet the people that are in our club, they all share this warmth and they're all willing to sit and, and you know, to chat about Star Wars and just life in general. And they're all really creative, really talented, funny. Um, everyone has all these different gifts. And when you put them into one room, I mean, it's just really special. Yeah. The, the amount of, of talent that people have, uh, I, I, I might be the guy who, uh, coordinates the, the meetups, you know, tries to get the, the planning portion of it down, but boy, as far as creative, I can't hold a candle to the other people in this club. I take you for an example because your podcasts are, are second to none as far as both content and production. And, uh, I, I I could barely hook up my uh, my Bluetooth <laughs> to talk to you tonight, so that will tell you the the level of expertise that, that I'm at when it comes to these uh, technically savvy things. Uh, but it's really the 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 talent and the personalities of the people, like you said, that it really makes this a a special thing. And I hear that from not only our group but but groups in in general. Um, you know, we're very close to members of. The Georgia Club, Pennsylvania Club, uh, the Ontario Club. I was just uh, in Toronto about three weeks ago, and uh, those guys greeted me with open arms at a toy show that I went to up there. Uh, it really, it's a great uh, tool to be able to to meet people that normally you wouldn't get the opportunity to even, even if you're uh, very active on the internet, you know, like I said, it's the personal relationships that I gravitate towards. Um, And just uh, as an aside, uh, I don't often think about the fact that, you know, there's a X number of people on our Facebook group, because like I said, I always think of it in terms of, you know, how many relationships are there, uh, between people in the group. That's the m- most important thing. It's never about a number. Uh, I'm never going to uh, celebrate or advertise, you know, when we reach 500 or something like that, because I, that's that's really not why why we're doing this. It really is about relationships. So if there were only ever 10 of us, David, in the club, but you and me were part of it and our relationship, you know, is part of it, then, then it was an extremely successful club. Extremely. Absolutely. And I brought up the number, um, you know, where it's, it's over 400 now, not as, as a number, but because, um, this is a club and I was thinking about this today, and I think it's fascinating, and I never realized this before, but this club, the Georgia Club, all the clubs that, that you had just mentioned, none of them started out um, – they, they, they weren't built on sales, right? A lot of mm-hmm. clubs that we see now are built on sales and, and that it attracts a lot of people in and it may, makes things very exciting. But our our – more of the um, the collecting clubs, you know, the, the, the regional clubs – they didn't start out with sales. They started out as people looking to connect with people that were just like them, that were interested in Star Wars and also had 
humor and creativity and things to share. Yes. And, yeah. and so as a result now, um, we like the, the, the amount of people that have said yes to becoming a member, um, it's, it's definitely not about numbers and, and they're not faceless, you know, where they're not people who just kind of signed on to just another group. These are people that actually sought out wanting to be part of this club and in, in so many ways have been a part of it, you know, over the years, new members that are coming on now too, that are looking to connect. And I, I just, I think that's incredible because I think there are times where we, we sit sometimes as collectors and we go, I know people collect this stuff, but I wonder if there's anyone out there that's like me that looks at this and is really passionate about this. And then you look at a, at a club like this or any of the regional clubs and you go, oh my gosh, there are so many people and there are so many people that are really into it and and not only are interested in collecting, but they're interested in in wanting to get to know me or they're interested in wanting to get to know us. And I just, I think that's fascinating. And so when I see when I see a group like this that's full, where people show up consistently at the meetups and at Celebration and all these events, because they love Star Wars, but also because they want to be with their friends who collect, I, I just think that's one of the, the gifts of life that we've had in a, in a long time. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Um, one of the fun things about going to see other people's collections is do you you pretty much, um, if you've been in the hobby a long time, you know what's out there um, and what you gravitate towards, whether you're an action figure person or you collect uh, the new vintage collection line or Gentle Giant, whatever your passion is. But to see what other people find fascinating and to see what their passion is and how they display it and how they have their collections set up and in what story of star Wars that tells um, mm. in the stories that they'll tell you when they're walking through their collecting room, you know, about um, maybe playing with their siblings or, uh, you know, watching star Wars for the first time at somebody's house, not knowing anything about it. You know, the, the stories are every, every bit is unique as, uh, as the people that tell them. Um, it really becomes a very fascinating thing to collect is to hear about other people's stories. Because, David, I'm just guessing that at some point you thought you were the only person that collected Star Wars the way you do, right? I truly did. And I just I, – I would see sales on eBay of these, these items and I, I knew that people were buying them, but I kept saying – I wonder if I wonder if anyone's really looking into this and studying, um, you know, listening to to Sky and Steve's wonderful podcast, and um, you know, diving into into the books that that were created about it, or or you know, the, the web pages and, and you know, the archive, and and just you know, really delving into it. Does anybody else care, uh, Tom? Right. Did you? Mm -hmm. What's what's the first memory you have? Um, when you were in the club of connecting with somebody where you, you had these long conversations about. Well, the, literally the day before our first meetup, um, we had connected, we meaning uh, Jason and me had met up with a local uh, collector on uh, rebel scum and neither one of us knew him. 
And it turns out that he and I were both going to go out to a local auction, um, probably about a 40-minute drive from me, of someone that was moving from New York to Phoenix in selling their Star Wars collection. And they had collected for many years. So literally all the pieces in their collection were being sold. So he, um, he and I met for the first time out there and immediately had a connection. And that person is Mike Boniface. And Mike was one of the first four people at the original uh, meetup. And uh, being able to meet him and talk to him and find out about him collecting. And, and it was so it was so different, you know, because I had I had gotten to know Jason um, through happenstance. But Mike was the first one that was almost a purposeful club related relationship. So from the auction, he and I, um, we made a gentleman's agreement that we weren't going to uh, bid up one another <laughs> sure. uh, at, the, at the, the auction. A lot of people were bidding online, but there were only about five of us actually at the auction house. But he and I got to actually, you know, see the things in person and see uh, condition or something that maybe the auctioneer wouldn't know to highlight um, mm-hmm. during the stream. And uh, he, he, once I knew Mike was interested in an item or he knew I was interested in an item, then we decided that we weren't going to bid it against one another. We, we pretty much, uh, we both came away with items from that, that auction that we both very much uh, enjoyed and, and, and got good value on. But uh, really what it did is solidify our relationship. And from that, we learned that we could trust one another. By not bidding up one another, we, we understood that we were not going to have an adversarial relationship. Uh, the toys weren't going to get in the way of uh, us connecting over Star Wars. And that really set the set the tone and the precedent for the meeting the next day. Uh, Mike and, and Jason then got along famously. And the fourth person there was a person that you just mentioned. It was Sky from the world-famous uh, um, archive um, podcast. Uh, and the podcast. Yeah, he had moved from California to Rochester, New York, which is probably about a three and a half hour drive. And he got in his car and drove uh, from Rochester to be here at my my house and to be part of the first ever meetup. And from that was the relationships that were formed that day that we were all excited and uh we're able to share both on Rebel Scum and with the the couple people that we knew about how we were uh, excited about uh, meeting fellow collectors on a local level. So that's really where the genesis of the the club came from. It was that. And after uh, that first meetup, what was what were your expectations for the club? You know, you're, you're reasonable and some of your maybe out there expectations after you had that first meetup or so. Well, David, my my thing was is that we were just starting to get into the Facebook era. 
Uh, okay. So my thing was, is that I wanted to someday have 75 members in our <laughs> Facebook group, the same as California. Cause that, wow. that to me would have been, we made it. We were as big as the California club. Um, the California was what I stole a lot of ideas off of because a, it's the only other one that I knew existed in, in, how it was set up because sky was the founder of that club out in California. Uh, and the second thing was, is that I couldn't envision being any bigger than that. I'm like, if we could be as big as the biggest club, you can't be any bigger <laughs> than that. Right, and that's so, a good goal too. 75 members. That's incredible. Yeah, se- 75 members. I, I, I didn't think we would ever, ever get there, David, but when we went from four people uh, to eight at our next meetup, um, I really, I really knew that we were going to be, uh, you know, a, a, a place where we can actually have relationships and actually mm. make this thing an actual thing, you know. So although, you know, people in the club look at me as, uh, oh, you're the leader or whatever. All I do, David, is I, I just pretty much uh, try to coordinate uh, times that people can get together. Uh, and if through the years, uh, people uh, brought their creative juices and done amazing things way in excess of what I would ever think were, were possible. And the outcome of that was the club is bigger than I ever can, ever could conceive of. Um, it, it's funny that we're going back to Anaheim because that was our first, uh, convention that Jason and I attended as we, we made up badges that said Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club. And people basically said, who is that? Um, and now, <laughs> now here we are, I think it's seven years later, we're going back. And, uh, you know, we have a table there and we're going to be able to to meet other collectors right there on the convention floor with our club logo and giveaways and things like that. So, you know, it's just a it's just an organic growth. And uh, the relationships that we have are very real. Uh, I love it when when people uh, come to my house and I, I don't. I, I never knew that they had a relationship outside of our, our meetings, but it turns out, yeah, they've been talking for months since, you know, the pandemic or, uh, you know, oh, yeah, we both collect this thing. And, and he and I exchange ideas all the time. So it's uh, it actually makes me very happy. But but getting back to your core question, it's 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 larger and bigger than I could have imagined it. And, and in every way, that is a good thing. Absolutely. And you had said before that you were in kind of a unique position because you were, you held the first meetup. So you, you hosted it. Uh, so you didn't get to experience what it would be like going to that first meetup. Um, what was it like for you to go to the second meetup where it was at someone else's home? Well, the second meetup was at, at my place, but the, I, I'll tell you when I was uh, intimidated, David, the, the, my uh, my come to uh, come to realization moment was when uh, I was invited down to see Ron Salvatore's collection. Um, 
Ron had uh, interacted with us in the club, but to be actually be asked to go down to his place and to see his collection. Um, I went down with Jason and it was, it was a phenomenal thing uh, for those who have been lucky enough to, to see, you know, what Ron has uh, put together for a collection. He, um, you actually have to take a breath. I could, I could sit in and look at it for about an hour. It's a, and- it's a, it's a, Return of the Jedi card, a Chief Chirpa figure, and maybe one or two other items, right? Yeah, that's, that's all. That's <laughs> all. Yeah, I, you know, it, Wicket without his spear, but you know, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but really, you know, it was it was like, oh my gosh! And I think from that point, that really changed me, David, because I realized that um, I would never have a collection like Ron does. But that didn't matter because now that I had the club. I had the relationship with Ron. I could hear all about Ron and how he came by these things and, and, and went out to Cincinnati and, and found uh, prototypes and, and, and discovered all this stuff that he didn't know existed. Um, so those stories were, were something that were a gift that Ron didn't even know he was giving us, you know, the, the, the stories of, of the pieces uh, that he had. So it wasn't, you know, Oh, I would really like to have that for my collection. I felt from that point on that anytime I saw anything in someone else's collection, that was part of the club. It really was part of our collection, you know, as a, as a group, as a whole. Um, so I take great pride when somebody gets something that they, that they cherish, you know, uh, I think it's very unique, David, the, the things that you collect with the prototypes, with the modern prototypes, the six inch prototypes, um, that is something that is so far out of my element that when I see yours, I, I it takes my breath away because I'm like, wow, somebody really knows their stuff and takes their time and really curates this. I think that that's what makes the difference in people's collection sometimes is not the pieces themselves, but how it's curated, how it's highlighted, how you tell the story about it. Um, that makes it fascinating. And, and I, it, there's, there's as many of those as there are people uh, out there. So uh, it, it goes way beyond just our club. It's any club in, in general. If you're a part of, of uh, a, a, a means to meet people, uh, that are local to you, that you can drive a couple hours, spend a day with. I highly encourage it because they're going to tell you their Star Wars story, their connection, you know, their their, their stories of, you know, their parents or um, how they came to, to fall in love with it, you know. Um, it always, it, it's interesting to me, David, when people of a different generation tell me their story. You know, because I always think, uh, you know, my generation is the OG uh, collectors. You know, I was nine years old when I put my first Star Wars figure in my hand. So um, nothing will ever replace that that feeling, that unique vinyl smell when you take it out of the the package. Absolutely. Uh, I I will never forget those things. And that that set me on this lifelong path that now I, I can share those stories with friends. I love what you said too. 
I, as, as you were saying it, I was thinking back to uh, a number of our friends, just different people uh, throughout the years in our club. And I mean, my gosh, I think you'd probably feel the same way that every time you go to somebody's home or a, a meetup and somebody is speaking passionately about something that they collect, um, you learn so much. Like I, I think I spent time with Ed Nagy at his place and he was telling me about the Ralph Macquarie prints he has in his hallway. Um, Mark Rusciano, who talks about the modern unleashed line that those larger figures, um, Jonathan McElwain with the, um, with the, the, the different food premiums. And I mean, you can just go down the list of almost every single person that we know. Um, and, and there's, there's something that they have found within collecting and within our hobby that they can explain almost better than anybody, you know, or from a unique position uh, th- than, than somebody else. And you come away from that meetup, not only gaining friends, but learning so much about this stuff. Yes. Um, the, uh, I can equate it to this, David. I went to the, uh, a Museum of Modern Art in Montreal and I walked into the place and everything looked very foreign to me. You know, modern art is is very different than your classic paintings or sculptures or, you know, what you think of as, as when I think of art, I think of like Renaissance art or, you know, something from Europe. Um, but modern art is, is often very different and it's, it's sometimes very tactile or there's, uh, you know, audio or visual uh, elements to it that are very different. And I, I didn't appreciate it until I had a guide uh, take me through. We had, a, we had a private tour for about two hours through the museum. And they took us through these exhibits and really gave me a different perspective on this thing that I was looking at. And it's very much that way with Star Wars collecting that, um, something th- that you might look at that it doesn't really pique your interest, you know, when you looked at it 20 years ago. You may have uh, saw it in the store and you just say, well, that's not really for me. It's not what I'm interested in. But now you see it in somebody's collection and, and how they highlight it and the stories behind it and uh, maybe how it's sculpted or, you know, the, the progression of the line. Uh, you're really finding out so much more about the, the hobby that that you are interested in, but never looked at it in that way before. So I, I find that extremely fascinating. You did that for me once. Um, we were in our respective homes, and I think we were just chatting over Zoom, and you took me through your collection. And you turned me on to the world of VHS cassettes you know, the original cassette releases. And I just had no idea that the scope and, and how many were, were around and available. And it was just, it was so enjoyable to just sit and just to listen to you take me through your collection. That's something I kind of fell into, David, that the whole VHS collection. Um, I grew up with a, a VHS player and recorder in my house. Uh, my mother was fascinated by the technology that she could tape uh, things like the Mary Tyler Moore show and watch it at her own convenience. Sure. Um, that uh, we would go to the video store and she would look for, again, she was into old things and loved old movies from when she was a kid. So uh, I vividly remember Star Wars uh, coming out on VHS. Uh, 
and uh, it coming on television and, and taping it. And that has become kind of this, this niche that I got into uh, that I wanted the releases of Star Wars. Uh, the, some of them were mono, some of them were stereo, some of them were special editions. Uh, some of them um, were pan and scan and uh, meaning that it only showed two thirds of the actual movie that you saw in the theater, but it fit your TV screen. Um, so I, I became, I, it was a rabbit hole I went down, David, but, but what I was also fascinated by the fact that it was so inexpensive, but it was something that I could connect with on a, an emotional level. So I started to to dive into that portion of uh, of collecting, and again, it was a thing where I didn't know where a lot of that stuff actually existed until I started collecting it. And um, I, I I show it off to people, and I I think uh, in the generation of, of streaming, a lot of people kind of don't know why you have a uh, a, a thing that looks like a bra- black brick that only plays one movie, uh, why you would keep that. But again, it's the connection with Star Wars, uh, a a certain era, uh, a a thing to collect, Mm -hmm. uh, diversity of of things, um, the fact that you can learn as you go, um, all those things. It it tickles the collector in me. And uh, a reminder of your family too. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. When did the club level up for you? What was the point where you looked at it and you said, "Okay, we're we're really starting to grow now. This is this is getting even even bigger than I imagined." Well, David, I can I can tell you the exact moment that that happened is um, we had discussions, uh, meaning uh, Jason, me, Chris, and Stephanie Riley, and, and Ron Salvatore about putting on basically our own mini convention. Um, and we, we came up with the name, the annual. And the idea was, is that we were going to do not only people from our club, but we were going to invite people that were um, friends of ours or, you know, collectors from other clubs um, to come in and share a weekend with us. Uh, we were going to invade a hotel uh, but that, that wasn't the, the thing about it. The, the thing that really, really made it was the fact that we had this initial planning meeting with the five of us. And from that point on, I had no input into it. And it's the first event that we ever did as a club that I had almost no planning, uh, no part of the planning which for me, that was, that was really a meta moment because the one thing that I've done throughout the 10 years that our club has existed is always been the, the guy to try to, you know, get everybody together or plan the events, um, you know, either set up the dates or, or uh, host or uh, come up with ideas for events. Um, those are, it's always been my responsibility. So, so to have someone else come to me and say, I got this 
and do a way better job at it than I could ever imagine and better than I could ever do myself was just absolutely the pinnacle of, of my experience here at the, at the collector's club. Um, I really felt that that was the, the full circle moment for me in the, in the club. The annual was such a success. Uh, I was just telling one of our friends today that it was one of my favorite experiences that I've ever had. A collector and non-collector was just a, a perfect weekend, um, one that I, I, I think about all the time, and I just I absolutely loved it. And I, I think it's amazing that you know we look at at what our club does, and just it started out as an idea, and then blossomed into this beautiful thing that is hopefully going to continue for years to come. Absolutely. Absolutely. This, this, uh, club will outlive, uh, my, in, uh, day-to-day involvement in it. I know that, um, the, the, the event was, uh, was the same for me as it was for you, that it was uh, something that, that I could just go to as a participant and be fully engaged in, um, and be just as, as fascinated by what was coming next as the next person. It was really a, a great experience. Um, we're going to do it again this summer. I'm looking forward to it. And my involvement in this one, again, is, is very minimal. So I am so excited um, by being able to do this because it's a weekend that we all can get together, you know, um, and, and just uh, in, enjoy it. So I, I hope you're I hope you're ready for this one, David. Are you going to be able to to swing this one with us? I am I'm going to be there and I'm going to be uh, a part of it. So excellent. excellent. <laughs> Absolutely. Excellent. I'll be part of the entire weekend. I, I, I can't wait. Um, Perfect. Yeah, that, that's one of the, uh, the I think the highlights of the year for me is that we're going to have another one. Excellent. Um, Good. So you've you've been in a position of being a leader and a member or, or really like you've been in a position of, of being in the driver's seat and in the passenger seat or in the back seat. Um, what is a lesson that you've learned as a leader, as someone driving? And then what's a lesson that you've learned as somebody who's been riding along and, and, and as, as a member? Uh, David, that's, that's actually pretty easy to answer is that I, I learned from this, that if someone can do, a task in the club that they can do 80% as well as you can in your mind. You have to let them do that because they will surprise you in, in the fact that they will not only do it over and above the 80%, maybe a hundred percent, but also in excess of what you're able to do yourself. In other words, they can do the task much better than than you could in the long run, either through uh, knowledge that they bring in from the outside or just learned uh, behavior through doing it repetitively. Um, and that that's the biggest lesson that I've learned to, to delegate um, things as the, the life of the club has, has gone on. And uh, I, I have... Uh, just seen the rewards for that greatly. Um, I don't like to think of myself as like the, 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 the leader of the club. I am uh, like Lando Calrissian. I'm just the uh, administrator of this facility. 
I, I, I always say to, to, to Chris and, and Jason and, and all those guys, look, if you want to take this thing over, you go right ahead. And, and they know I'm, <laughs> they know I'm serious. So yeah, nobody yeah. ever takes it up, <laughs> takes me up on it. But no, someday, been... someday, someday it will happen, David. So if you want the job, it's available. <laughs> Well, no, but it, it, it's a huge, it's a huge point, and it's an admirable point too that you, um, you've you've looked at things and you said, okay, if this person is this excited about it and wants to take it on, I trust them, and I'm going to let them, or uh, the group is going to let them because they they have this, they we trust them, we know that they can do this, and then as you said, I mean, how many times have we had our friends shock us by what they can do, you know, Absolutely. and to to yep. outperform anything that we can think of or anything that we could imagine or produce and um you know letting letting people have um letting people not have the spotlight but but take control or or, or drive for a while too i mean it it helps it all helps us get to this destination but a lot of times they they see things that we can't and it and our club has just i think benefited greatly from it our, our our club would be very boring place if it was just Star Wars, according to me. You know what I mean? It would <laughs> be anybody, very boring. Sure. It, it would be it, you would get very tired of that, David. You know, uh, as as well as you and I get along, it would get very tiresome. You know, if it was just my stories or how, the things I like to collect. No, it's the variety. It's what people bring to it that makes it the most interesting thing. And Tom, how special is it too when you see people that you've had a relationship with for a while, or people that you're getting to know, um, where they step out and they they demonstrate their talents, where they use their their leadership abilities or uh, their production uh, wizardry to to put things together that you then are able to be a part of, and and that you get to experience as a collector. Yeah, it, it it must be uh like almost like if uh a person uh created something, you know, and then uh other people took it and and uh just expanded on it and and made it gr- much greater than what you initially uh envisioned for it. That's that's how I feel is that um, the, the other members of the club have made this much greater than than I ever could do it or I ever envisioned being able to do it. So um, nothing makes me more proud than, than seeing that. And uh, there's too many people to mention uh, in this in this podcast to, in our group that have done that. Uh, every person that is hosted, every person that that has come and, and, and added to the conversations that we have, has all contributed to uh, to growing the the club and growing people's knowledge and, and love of of um, the thing that that drew us in in the first place. Yeah, and it's it's whether it's in person or even in the Facebook groups or in the Zoom chats. I mean, we had people during the pandemic step up and lead discussions on Facebook or host uh, Zoom chats on, you know, whether it was a Friday or Saturday night um, and just and keep things going, keep the momentum going where maybe we wouldn't have thought of it or, or taken that path. 
Um, Zoom, and it's just Zoom, chat, Zoom chats were not my idea, David. <laughs> they were <laughs> that was Chris Vargas's Chris idea. Chris Vargas, he, yeah. He, he set them up. He had the vision for for doing it. He said, "I think I think this is a good idea. I'll set it up. You know, I'll I'll make it happen." So again, that's a great example of of somebody using their talents to to full effect, you know, mm-hmm. and again, I was just a, a participant in, in, in some of those early ones, you know, um, yeah. as opposed to, to being a, a ringleader. It's like, no, he's, he's much better and much more adept and had the vision for what it could be, you know, and here we are, we're two years later, there's still regular zooms, uh, that are done between clubs, you know, so yes. the, the widen the circle. Yeah, it's amazing the way that that ideas grow like that, and we have enough creative and talented people where they just run with the ideas, and and it it grows. I mean, our club now, yes, we're the Empire State Club, but we're so connected to so many other clubs, as you said, that we do things as groups now. Yes, yes, yeah. That will mm-hmm. be one of the 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 things about celebration is that we'll be uh, able to do things with members of the other clubs a lot easier than than normal. You know, normally be able to do it because we're we're both in the same spot. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I, I've I've like I said, I've cheated uh, and and learned from the California club and. <laughs> And and learn from their successes and their failures, you know, more their successes. You know, I would pick Sky's brain. What worked in this situation? What would you do here? And 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 learning from that, you know, uh, I don't. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, other right. people have really uh, uh, set the uh, the precedent as to. Uh, how to do certain things or, you know, Hey, they come up with brilliant ideas. So uh, I'm, I'm not opposed to uh, cheating and stealing some good ideas. No, (laughs) we we build upon them. That's, that's the way it works. Yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Um, With, with celebration on the horizon. And I know so many people are looking forward to it. Do you have a memory from, from any celebration that just stands out to you one that you just really enjoyed? Um. The first one that we did a club table at was uh, Celebration Orlando. And for many people in the club, that was their first celebration, that they had really gotten into the uh, group aspect of Star Wars collecting through our club. And then their their vision really expanded, and they saw just how big Star Wars collecting in the Star Wars community is in general through that particular um, uh, celebration. Uh, a lot of people from the club uh, participated in the booth. It became a place to, to hang out as well as uh, meet uh, people that were there just to pick up swag, you know, just getting to talk to them, you know, what's your Star Wars story? Where do you come from? What is it, what is it about Star Wars that, that fascinates you? Is it costuming? Is it, uh, you know, is it, uh, the prequels? Is it the Clone Wars? Is it, uh, you know, do you, do you paint? Uh, what is it that, that really you connect with? Because, you know, our club really accentuates the collecting aspect, but celebration is is fascinating in that it it touches on all aspects of fandom. You know how we all connect with it. You know, people are are much more creative than I am. Uh, 
um, as far as their expression of of how they love S- Star Wars and and how they even continue the stories in their minds. You know, the thing I loved about Star Wars collecting as a kid is that when I held uh, a stormtrooper action figure in my mind, I can uh, either continue on with the story or have a, a completely different adventure uh, with that, that figure. He, he, he was my, my blank tablet that I could, I can write my own star Wars story with. So being at celebration and, and, and seeing that, um, at uh, celebration Orlando uh, on a wide basis and getting the exposure for the first time to, to people coming up to our table and, uh, and, and being part of the showroom floor on a daily basis was, was just an absolutely fantastic moment and something I will not forget. It's amazing to think that our club is part of celebration, you know, and it's part of the experience uh, I yeah, think that's I mean, pretty cool. I mean, it, it's great that Lucasfilm has realized that that um, the the fans themselves have such creative outlets that it's not just a corporate event. Um, that they embrace the fact that there are clubs like ours, or costuming clubs, or um, you know, like I said, art clubs or people that, that make uh, Legos. I mean, you name it, it's out there in the Star Wars uh, universe. And it's a way that um, Lucasfilm sets aside. They don't have to do this at all. They give it, they, they let us use that table at no charge. They let us set up our own booth. They don't tell us how to do that. And they even give us a, a few exhibitor bas- uh, passes um, that we can feel that we're actually part of the, the goings on. Um, it's, it's really, uh, it's, it's kind of an amazing thing because, you know, New York comic-con, uh, I go down there and I, on occasion and I enjoy that, but it really doesn't have the fan aspect that celebration does. It's a unique thing, um, that, that we're able to do. And, and the, the empire club is just a small, part of it. Now there's many, many state or, or uh, area related clubs that, that have booths there. And um, it's great to see uh, the, the diversity, you know, uh, to have somebody come up and say, hey, I used to live in Albany. You know, I live in, in Atlanta now, but I used to live in, in your area. You know, I remember going to this and, yeah. and uh, hearing their stories. Uh, it it is so special. I, I remember, so Celebration Orlando was my first event, my Star Wars themed event, and um, I remember seeing the club table and just looking and saying, "I think I'm going to be a part of this." And uh, I think it was about three months later I, I had become a member. Wow! Well, I didn't know yeah. that, David. Yeah, it's no really idea. it was really special. Yeah. Huh. Um, wow. Before we wrap up, I have a, just a, a quick lightning round that I want to take you through. Um, okay. So your answers are not going to be because we have so many people that are that are you know talented and so many people are a part of a group. So if you're talking about something specific, this is just something that pops into your head. It's it's um it's not definitive. Uh, okay. So um so swag has played a role at a number of our events. Swag is very important. You know, a, a lot of the, the meetups and people, our friends create swag. Um, mm-hmm. 
and and they're they're nice souvenirs as far as uh you know a, a memory from that event people get really creative with the, the star wars stuff tying in star wars stuff to uh to swag so what is a piece of swag that you particularly enjoyed the my favorite piece of swag um actually there's two of them number one would be uh the first time that I ever met uh, Justin Haney and his wife Jen, mm-hmm. were uh, we were both collectors and and knew of one another, but had never met, never conversed, until I found out that Jen was a huge Cubs fan. So <laughs> we d- we decided that we were going to meet at a bar outside of Wrigley Field before the Cubs game at Celebration Chicago. And that was, as the story goes, the start of the beautiful relationship. Wow. Because our, our, our close relationship with the, um, with the Georgia Club came through just meeting them at that bar and talking more about baseball than Star Wars. Sure. Uh, uh, but he, the one thing that, that he did is he gifted me a pin that was made to look like the Cubs logo, but instead of the Cub mascot, it had an Ewok on it. And uh, <laughs> so he he not only gifted me the pen that that pin, but he actually gifted me a large blown up piece of the artwork that was used to create oh, wow. it. Yeah. So um, I just uh, I was looking through some of my swag the other day and came across that. And I have very, you know, you talk about a little trinket connecting you with with people, places, and ideas. That 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 one has a lot of meaning to me, and it's not because it's expensive or whatever. No, it's because of that moment is is now forever etched in my mind. Uh, right. You know, when I look at that button, so. it's that ripple effect. Yeah. So the, the, the second piece that, that I, I um, am talking about is uh, the, the women in the Seattle, the, I think it was in the Seattle group, they decided to make um, action figures out of clothespins, just like my mother. And they had no idea about my, my clothespin Luke story, but they made several characters out of clothespins in scraps. Uh, you know, almost like something that you would uh, design in Pinterest. And uh, I w- went around and, and was able to uh, to talk to the, the people that made them and, and get their stories and how they made them. And I have a beautiful uh, collection of, uh, of now all these uh, characters that, that have joined Luke in the clothespin collection. So uh, there's, uh, I have uh, a couple different Princess Leia's. Uh, there's a C-3PO in there, uh, a Chewbacca, completely covered with, with fur. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, these were ma- really well done. Yes, they were really well done. And uh, I'm just like, you know, I, that really connected me to a very uh, core memory of, of Star Wars. And to be able to do that at Celebration was just a, was a, great, a great thing for me. Very nice. What uh, what souvenir, non-swag, do you have from an Empire State meetup or event? The um, During the pandemic, Chris Riley took it upon himself to uh, take the uh, Hildebrandt uh, Star Wars poster and uh, decided to put 
uh, masks over Luke and Leia and make prints uh, that instead of saying just Star Wars, say the Empire State Star Wars Collectors Club on it. And uh, he fitted the whole bill himself, did the whole project, had it printed up and mailed it out to people. And uh, I have it framed on my wall. And uh, there is no uh, greater thing for me to see our club logo on a poster art that I had up in my room when I was a kid. Uh, But also the fact that it connected with our time during the pandemic where really we, we had our relationships that, that helped get us through. So it, it combines a lot of different elements to it. And, uh, and I, I just love it. I, I love looking at it. I'm currently staring at that same poster right now. And oh, cool! <laughs> it really is. It's to me, it, it's sort of the, the, the symbol of, of the past two years, you know, and, and us yep. kind of getting through the, the pandemic together. Yeah, together. Um, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We've been talking about kindness and, and you've mentioned a lot of the kindness of, of, of our, our fellow collectors and friends. Um, can you share an example of uh, when someone showed you kindness over the past decade in the club? Oh my gosh, David! I know, I know. That's, that's <laughs> whew. so. One time, um, we were at Celebration Ch- Chicago, and uh, the one thing that that I wanted to do. I normally I'm not a panel person, David. I don't, you, you know, a lot of the panels that Lucasfilm does, uh, they're difficult to get into because of the demand. But then oftentimes they, they have them available streaming through uh, StarWars.com, uh, available after the convention. So uh, in, in this case, I, I really uh, was fascinated by they were having a panel on uh, Episode 9. And for anybody that knows me knows I'm a big Daisy Ridley fan. So episode nine panel meant Daisy Ridley. So uh, I put it out there uh, on the Empire Club page. Look, if anybody, you know, can possibly get me into uh, the panel for episode nine, um, I would uh, I would really love to, to go. And immediately the response from a, at least a half a dozen people saying, if I get in, Tom, I will make sure that you can <laughs> you can join me. So I and like I said, you know, this this panel was open to a small percentage of people that were actually attending the convention. And it was probably the most popular panel that was going to go on the entire weekend. So. As time went by, more and more people said, no, 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 I didn't, I didn't get it. I tried to get, uh, I tried to use my pass to register for it. I didn't get into it. And I had pretty much resigned myself to the fact that I was not going to go to the panel. I would, I, I'd be okay with that. Maybe I would see, uh, you know, Daisy walking into celebration or something like that. But I, I had decided that it was not going to happen. And I wasn't, I was okay with that, you know. Um, so all of a sudden, uh, Brian uh, Emery and his wife Sandra were attending. And both Brian and Sandra uh, were able to get into the panel. But 
Sandra gave up her ticket that she had registered for uh, using her celebration badge for me to go with her husband, Brian, to be able to see that panel. So I was probably 100 to 150 feet away from the stage um, and got to see it. And that's just a great example of the generosity um, that Brian to this day, you know, say, says how honored he was to be able to do that for me. But believe me, I owe him more than I can ever tell you because it not only was the fact that I got to go to the panel, but the fact that he and his wife went out of their way to see that it happened means the world to me. Um, so that is a that is a great example, David. That is well, a great example. And uh, you said that you are a, a fan of Daisy Ridley and, and Ray, but to to give you an idea of Tom's love for Daisy Ridley and Ray, um, my favorite Christmas card that I've ever received in my entire life, more so than <laughs> anything from my family, was a card in the mail uh, that was from you, Tom. Uh, and it was, instead of pictures of you and your wife, it was pictures of you and uh, Ray at uh, Galaxy's Edge. And it, it said, it said, happy holidays, love, Tom and Ray, which I just thought was the coolest, <laughs> <laughs> just the coolest thing. So, so yes, so to, to see Daisy Ridley in person like that uh, was so special. And I was actually sitting uh, not too far from you. And I was able to, to watch your expression as it was happening. And it just, it just filled me with joy. It was just a wonderful thing. So. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was just so thoughtful. It was just, uh, amazing that, you know, again, the, the relationships that, that people have and, and I can't put a price on, on that moment. You know, I really can't, uh, no. but it just speaks to the kind of people that, that Brian and Sandra are. So it's a, it, that's a perfect example, David. And it's also a really cool gift from somebody that you wouldn't have met maybe otherwise hadn't it been for for Star Wars and, and for a shared love of it and for the club. I would say that 99% of the people that I've met through the club, I wouldn't have met if the club didn't exist. I, I agree. I, yeah. I mean, I mean, like I said, I went to Celebration 2, sat right near Mike Ritter, and never knew who he was. You know what I mean? I was two <laughs> yes. two rows from him in this nearly empty uh, uh, room. I, the room itself was way in the back of the convention. And they didn't really advertise very heavily the fact that, you know, they were collector panels. And they also weren't giving away star tots. So there was no draw for people other than the hardcore nuts like me and Mike Ritter to actually be there. But we were there because, you know, we love the, the toys, but I never would have had the friendship with, with Mike just through celebration. Cause I, you know, he and I came and went and uh, never, never met one another during that whole, whole time there. Um, but now, you know, Mike is the most salt of the earth guy um, he is one of the absolute glues of our, our club. He is Mr. Uh, Mr. Empire State Club as far as the Long Island crew. Uh, he really has become like a like a brother to not only me but to, to so many other people. So, yeah, when we did the the panel about the history of the Empire State Star Wars Club 
at the annual, um, Mike was one of the panelists who spoke and the emotion that he brought to that conversation was just incredible. And you, you watched him speak about what the club meant to him and what these friends meant to him, uh, you mm-hmm. and, and everybody else. And it, it was just, it was just really touching to see someone feel that connection and that joy to something that was started through the work of our friends. Yeah, Mike. Uh, Mike has always invested his best into our club and does so all the time. One more question for the lightning round: uh, okay. What what is something amazing and unique that you wouldn't have done if you weren't part of this club? I know what it is. So we had a gathering at Yehuda's house. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Yehuda collects is Mardi Gras coins that have images connected to Star Wars on them. These Mardi Gras coins apparently are thrown during the Mardi Gras parade down in New Orleans. I didn't even know they existed. However, these coins uh, every year uh, have different images. Usually they're pop culture references, uh, but they're never licensed. So there are a few different years that had Star Wars. Uh, I can't remember whether it was R2-D2 or Darth Vader's face, you know, things like that, that were uh, part of these coins that uh, Yehuda discovered and collected, and he has several in his collection. Well, he decided as his swag for this particular event that he was going to make his own coins. So for the event, he made coins that were gold, silver, purple, and green. And there were, I, I want to say there were four different types of coins. And of course, there were four different colors of each. Sure. So he, he actually told people the only way to get these coins was to go into his pool that he had thrown them into the <laughs> bottom of his pool. And we had to go in and dive to the bottom of his pool and come up with the coins. And I kept doing this over and over. The funny thing is, David, is I didn't have a bathing suit. So I was in there in my shorts <laughs> diving down. And plucking these out and bringing them up and putting them on the side of the pool. And my friends on the outside were like, no, we need a green one of these. No, <laughs> we need a purple one of these. And meanwhile, unbeknownst to us, that Yehuda was laughing at all of us, that he actually he had bags of these coins, David, that he – that he was going to give away to everybody that attended. So everybody was going to go home for the full set. He just wanted to see the collectors squirm to go and see how many people would dive into this pool over and over and over again. I love Yehuda so much. To get these coins. And I full I fell for it hook, line, and sinker. I, I won't say who else did, but I was not alone in that pool. But, uh, yeah, so I was completely wet for hours at, at the, that event, you know. Oh, that so is, great. That's amazing. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, just the, the, the crazy stuff that, that you do, you know, the, the late nights, uh, you know, I'm an early to bed kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I, I've been at celebration at 1 a.m. having these crazy conversations. It's like, what am I doing here? <laughs> oh, that, that's right. I'm here with my friends. <laughs> yep. Some of, the, some of the best moments ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. If there was uh, if there was somebody that was going to start up a club in their area, what advice would you share with them? Be yourself. Number one. Um, number two, be willing to uh, to extend yourself. In other words, be the one to be kind first. Be the one to open your home first. Uh, be the one to make people feel at home. Uh, don't leave it up to anybody else. Um, that's the mentality that I've tried to take with people because like we were saying at the beginning of our conversation, everybody has some trepidation that they're coming in. They're meeting, you know, strange people in strange environments. So all you can do is lead with kindness. And, and, and if you do that, I, you'll have nothing but success. And on the flip side of that, what would you say to somebody who loves Star Wars but isn't connected to the Empire State Star Wars Club uh, or any type of regional uh, club or the community yet and wanted to become a part of it? What would you say to them? You know, David, I, I was that person. I was that person. I was collecting by myself. I was. Uh, I had a job where I would get home uh, at like 12, 1230 at night. And I couldn't fall asleep right away. I was on eBay, you know, one one thirty, two o'clock in the morning, um, just scrolling through, looking at auctions. And really, there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that, David. But eventually, things don't have the same meaning um, that you figure out in life that it's connection with a few important people that, that really are what make, make life worth living. Um, as, as much as I, I find joy in my collection, um, I, I would not, I would not give up my friendships over my collection. I would sooner give up my collection than I would my, my friends. Um, that's where I've evolved to be. So if you're not part of a, a, a group, that's okay. You can, you can make friends. Um, the, the great thing about social media is that you can connect with actual people. You, you can, um, you, like my friend and I learned, uh, way back in 2000 when I went to his house in Erie, Pennsylvania, that, you know, the internet could be a scary place, but you can actually still meet people. You know what I mean? That there are real people on the other end uh, that if you if you extend yourself a little bit and you're interested in meeting people, people will will meet. And even if it's just at a local toy show, um, you know, there may not be a club in your area. But if you uh, get one other friend and like I met with Jason um, I, I've, I've made a lifelong friend in, in Jason and through that I've had so many more relationships. So it's available uh, if you want it, it's, it's there for you. 
Oh, it's beautifully said, and, and that's the, that's the honest truth. It, it's there. We have more options than ever now. There are more clubs. There's more ways to connect, whether it's online or social media or in person at shows. Um, so, as somebody who's been through the club for the past ten years, um, what where would you like to see the club go ten years from now? Well, David, in the next 10 years, I'm going to be retiring from my job and I'm going to move to Florida. So I will only <laughs> be a part-time resident of, of New York, but the club will endure without me, you know, because the club isn't me. The club is the people in the club and the relationships that are there. So, you know, everything, growing things, uh, healthy things grow is what I'm trying to say. And the, the club is going to continue to grow. Um, and that's what I look forward to the most. And I, I don't know how organically that will look. I don't know if we'll have more people or fewer people. But even if we have fewer people, David, the thing is, is that we'll now have 10 years more relationship with one another. Right. And so we'll, we'll, we'll be talking, oh, my gosh, we've had 20 years together. We've been doing this crazy stuff for 20 years. So that that's the part that I really look forward to. It's, it's exciting, you know. Um, but how it will look in 10 years, I have no idea. If you had asked me 10 years ago, would I be uh, talking to you today about, you know, uh, the history of our, our club and how it was formed? I, I would say, oh, you know, the, it, I don't know if it, it, we would last that long, you know. But look at it. it's really taking taken off. So I, I I believe in in the relationships that we've built. I do too. Um, I, I'm I've always said it. You know, for the I've been a part of the group for five years, and I remember saying almost every day, I, I can't believe the kindness that people show me day after day. Like it's just it's it's this relentless. Love. I mean, we're in a group too where people say "I love you" to one another very easily, um, yes, and yes. you know, and, and there are people who don't have that in their lives. And oh my yeah. gosh, I mean, you look at that and you go, "Wow!" From from a, a group of people who love Star Wars and collect, you know, toys and prototypes and all of that, but it, it's so meaningful. Um, Tom, I'm so thankful, you know, for for you and Jason and and everyone else who had a hand in this and started this club from the ground up. You know, it's just a simple idea, a simple conversation between friends and turned it into something that has lasted for 10 years and has really changed so many people's lives. Um, well, well, I think. Thank you, David. Thank you. We all we all look at this club as something very special. I think people have worked very hard to keep it um, very special and, and, to, and to keep it growing. Um, yes. So I look forward to uh, traversing the next decade with you and uh, can't wait to see what that brings us. Yeah, just a, a closing thought, David. I, I do. I tell a lot of people, especially the the men that come, because we're ninety five percent guys. You know, that's just part of the the collecting. You know, the Star Wars collecting universe is uh, our our club is ninety percent. Uh, you know, male. But uh, guys don't say I love you enough to one another. We don't. We don't hug one another. And the other thing, David, that we don't do is that. My my wife will, and her friends will get together just to have coffee. You know, her friend will come over and they'll sit on the back porch and they'll talk about, you know, just their lives for a few hours. Men 
don't do that. We we don't do that. We are event oriented people. Right. So one of the things that the club does is makes events that we as guys can get together and and have a great way to make relationships with one another. So that I I I have a lot of um uh, personal joy and satisfaction out of having close relationships with the guys in the group. So, and you know what? When I so the first meetup I went to was RonCon two, I believe it was. It was in 2017. Mm-hmm. And when I left, I got I I got up and I, I went over to Ron. It was during we had an, an auction down his basement that was happening, and I just I went over to him and I just quietly wanted to, to say thank you. I didn't want to interrupt anybody. And I had to make my way back through the entire crowd because uh, it was at the very back end of his basement. And when I did, um, Ron, he stood up and he gave me a hug and he shook my hand and you know thanked me for coming. And then every single person shook my hand and gave me a hug. And by the time I got to the edge of that basement to walk back up the stairs, I said, I am going to be here for life because mm-hmm. I was I was so uh, touched by that moment. And I, I, I said, okay, I have a family now. I have, I have an mm-hmm. absolute family of, of, of new friends and collectors and I want to get to know every single one of yep. them. Yeah. Well, you are my family, David, that's for sure. Uh, absolutely. I, I, I feel like every time we get together, it's a family reunion. So mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. it. Tom, you were such a special person. I love you. I will always oh, say, too, I love you. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, and I just, I, I look forward to seeing really what comes next. Tom, again, thank you so much for taking the time to talk. And um, I look forward to to uh, coming to your house and, and to, to seeing you this weekend for our meetup. And uh, I just, I, I can't wait. I think it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. Okay, come expecting, David. It's going to be a great time. <laughs> Excellent. Here's to another 10 years. That's right. You bet. Thank you for having me on today, David. I appreciate it. <laughs>